the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Briefcast 37 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And, of course, by now you guys know that Briefcasts are when I come to you guys solo without my special teams unit. But this time out, this Briefcast is sort of a hybrid because we will hear from one of the special teams unit members, and that's Biscuit. We'll talk some NFL, a lot of NFL talk. So a lot to get into this episode, including what's brand new, where I get to tell you about what's going on in my life, or just some observation that I have made about the world around us that may or may not, usually not related to sports. In addition to that, we'll get into some headlines, and we'll talk a lot of NFL, a lot of football talk. Uh, We'll get into the quarterbacks, some trades, some perspective trades, all those sort of things uh, that are coming up in the NFL. Then we'll get into what's D-Nice, or who was D-Nice, that is uh, when I recognize who had a great weekend. And not to be outdone, we got to talk about who's bad. Now, <laughs> once we get into who's bad, we'll take a brief time out here from our sponsor and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy in the mix. And, of course, we'll hear a snippet of that mix and more of the mix at the conclusion of this podcast. In the second half of the show, we will hear from Biscuit and get his take on this uh, weekend in sports, uh, really primarily football, maybe some college football, but primarily some NFL stuff or whatever he wants to get into. And then we will give out. The Lamont Award, that's to the Big Dummy of the Week. And, of course, before I let go. And before I get started with uh, brand new, want to remind you guys, you can reach out and call the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Sports Line at 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. In addition to that, if you are a fledgling artist, if you want your music heard, we will play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track. It, the genre doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do, what you play. If you are a rapper, if you are a gospel singer, if you play... Uh, the kazoo. And yeah, so if you, if you if you do that, whatever you do, as long as it's radio edit, we are primarily uh, family friendly, not totally, but kind of close enough, especially these days. But nonetheless, you can get with me. And I, let me tell you this. Let me put everything in a box for you so you'll know where to go. Wade's Word Productions dot com. That's W A D E S W O R D Productions dot com. And of course, to email me, D. Oh well, let me get it right. Devin at Wade's Word Productions dot com. Devin D E V A N at Wade's Word Productions dot com. And of course, on social media, on Twitter at Wade's Word, and on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. But primarily, I really want to get you guys on the website. The website, I set it up for you guys. It has my the Friday Express stuff. It has the Sports Talk stuff. Uh, we have some new stuff on the Friday Express page. We will have uh, more, really more, uh, trivia questions. And we'll add a form here or there. And we have some wonderful sponsors. And, and again, if you want to sponsor the show, uh, we have ways to do that. Hit me up, Devin at WaysWordProductions.com to email me or on Twitter. Any of those ways you can reach out and touch me or – 
leave a message at 832-941-6614. Now, I wanted this to be interactive, and so I gave, I got a phone line 24 hours a day just dedicated to you guys. So if you have somebody that you felt like was not just nice but D-nice, let me know. If you want to make a comment or a question or you want to talk about your team or bragging rights, we're going to create a space inside of the We The People segment where we can listen to messages and answer questions and hear from you guys, and we will read your comments as well. So with that, let's get into what's brand new. Brand new, brand new, brand new. What's brand new with me is that I am on the mend still, still recovering from an injury I talked about a couple of uh, podcasts ago, but I'm, I'm functioning well. I'm still dealing with some discomfort, but we're getting there. But more importantly, I have sort of uh, started to eat differently and make different decisions. Now, again, this had nothing to do with the actual injury. It's just uh, sometimes a doctor has that conversation with you and says, hey, do better. Like I said last time, and I've done better. 12 days without meat. I've eaten the hell out of some fish. I'm sick of fish, but <laughs> we've done it. I've, I've done it. It's, it's gotten done 12 days without meat and counting. I don't, I'm not going to go forever without meat, but I'll go maybe a couple more weeks and then I'll have to work some chicken in and down the road. I have a huge brisket that I have in, uh, in the freezer that I will do at some point. And if you don't know the backstory of that biscuit and I are, well, he sort of surpassed me in our quest to take over the, the pit master, the barbecue master since my father passed away he's uh he's three or four briskets ahead of me so i have to catch up and do my first brisket and and you know make that happen but i i will say better chicken better at ribs i i say so we'll have to have a cookout maybe we'll have some uh some sports talk listeners meet up and eat some <laughs> eat some of our barbecue i don't know if we're ready for that yet but one day uh, but so I will eat meat again. But the other thing I want to talk about social media, which social media is a sort of a minefield uh, of uh, sort of dangers, if you will, in the eyes of the politically correct society. So I get a chance, you know, I peruse a lot of things and a lot of things. I don't know how they get onto my feed, but they just end up on my feed and I read them or see them and sometimes i'm in a place where i can't read uh, see a video or hear an audio portion or audio clip but i'll like it or i'll save it i'll bookmark it for a little bit later and then i'll go back and listen well this has happened to me a number of times and it has me rethinking this because sometimes if you lose something on your twitter feed you can't go back and check it out or if you lose something on instagram you can't go back and see what it was and I've been liking some stuff, and I go back and I kind of review what I missed out because I couldn't hear the audio. I wasn't in a place where I could listen to the audio. And I would go. I've gone back over the last couple of weeks, and I realized, whoa, whoa! I didn't like this. I don't like this. I don't support this. This is not what I'm into. I'm sorry that I pressed like, and I don't know if, if the Russian bots or who's watching. I don't think anybody is. But just in case you see me like something really weird or, or out there or inappropriate, just know that, if, especially if it's a video. Now pictures are different, and and even those things. I won't. Yeah. If if I mark them, it's probably for a reason. But if you see me liking something or bookmark, I don't know if you can see what what I'm bookmarking or not. I don't know. But if you see me liking something and it turns out to be something like really 
disturbing stuff. Understand, I'm just it's just my my way of putting it in a folder to review for later. So I just wanted to clean that up because I'm like, wait a minute, I have to stop doing this. Not a good look. I don't like this. I'm not endorsing this, and I don't want people following me based on what's in this particular video. Because again, you can be at work or in a doctor's office, or you could be somewhere surrounded by you know just normal nice people and you hear some of the most ratchet or inappropriate or racist stuff and you were wait a minute i, I didn't no no I, I didn't know what this was so my way of sol solving that problem out in public is to just save it for later so again just sign, i mean not that i want you guys going through my likes necessarily but if you see something that i like and sometimes if it's something controversial or a talking point that i want to review i'll hit like so i can go back and look through my likes it's my way of kind of and I know that there are probably more efficient ways to do that now, but I'm I'm not at I'm not at the tip tip top of uh, sort of uh, social media knowledge. So just bear with me on that. But nonetheless, just want to share that with you guys before I got into some headlines. Well, in headlines, we may look back at this weekend as a seminal moment in NFL history because it it may very well mark the end of some very important eras at the quarterback position around the NFL. It certainly will have a huge impact on playoff implications this season moving forward. And it's just it was just a wild, brutal weekend for the quarterback position. Let's see who all got hurt. Okay, first of all, we have Ben Roethlisberger, uh, who has a season injury and season-ending uh, elbow injury, and he may never be the same. He's an older quarterback. He may never be the same. We have the ligament damage to the thumb of Drew Brees. He's supposed to be out for six weeks. I know he came to Houston today to uh, get further evaluation, to get a second opinion uh, on the thumb, but it looks like it probably will be six weeks on the, the, so the, on the short end. Uh, to see uh, if he can return and actually effectively throw the football. This is the kind of thing at his age, if he doesn't recover the right way, he may lose something off of uh, off of his fastball. He may lose some of his accuracy, which for large portions of last season, he was the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. So those two things happen, and those are huge, huge, huge. We can get more into those with Biscuit, uh, and I'll talk more about all of these headlines. Uh, Sam Darnold, mononucleosis. He's out for a month or so. You don't know. He, he was supposed to be out for a while. I don't know much about mononucleosis other than this was something that was like a college things this thing that sort of young people get i don't i don't know i'll have to go back and review to see exactly what it is i don't i'm not no i'm not but it's mononucleosis and he's really really tired and worn down and he'll be out for at least a month we've already seen his replacement trevor simeon out for the year after miles garrett tackled him last night on monday night football so now they're down to their third string quarterback we saw nick Foles go down not this weekend but nick Foles go down cam newton his status is up in the air for Sunday. We've known for a long time. You can look at him. You can see. And this happened Thursday night. You can see that he's not himself. That was evidenced by the fact that on a game, sort of at the game on the line, a, a short yarded situation, less than one or two yards, when they would normally run a quarterback sneak, no quarterback sneak, and uh, instead they ran a sort of a trick play 
to Christian McCaffrey, and uh, it didn't convert, and they didn't make it. And you wonder, well, normally this is a situation where Cam Newton is able to to get it done. Now we know that the foot he had aggravated a foot injury, and that's probably very likely why he didn't run that play on fourth down. In addition to that, who else is out? Let's see. Let, let's look around. In addition to that, Eli Manning has started for the last time at least for a while. I don't think it's for good. I, I think that somehow – some way, whether it's Daniel Jones injury, a Daniel Jones injury, or a uh, just in a, ineffective performances, he probably will see the field again. But symbolically, this marks the end end of Eli's uh, career as a starter for the New York Giants. Although, you know, again, anything can happen. Uh, and we've seen this time and time again. So it's it's been a, a really, really rough season on the quarterback position. And I know that I have always been critical of, oh, stop protecting the quarterbacks. But look at how different this league will be without Drew Brees for six weeks. You have Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill, uh, you know, in that, and that's in New Orleans. In Pittsburgh, you have Mason Rudolph. Just traded away Dobbs last week, and I, I, that was like almost a – uh, you know, you jinxed yourself by trading one of your backup quarterbacks to Jacksonville. So the drop-off in those two positions just uh, is just tremendous. If Cam Newton can go, that's a huge, huge difference. You look at New York, you went from a situation where you thought New York, well, I thought New York would be competitive with Cleveland, and it just looked like, no, without Trevor Simeon, well, not without Sam Darnold, and now Trevor Simeon, it, they just, you know, it just doesn't look good. So, you know, you want – and, and I say this to say – I mean, you can say a lot of things off of that. But one of the things that's important is you look at the punishment that Deshaun Watson is taking for the Houston Texans. I'm telling you guys, they have to do a better job of protecting him. He's sacked all of the time. He's hit all of the time. He's not a big guy like an Andrew Luck, like a Ben Roethlisberger. Not, he's not big like those guys. And so, you know, you can't take – he can't continue to take that kind of punishment. We may be losing years on the back end of his career already with the kind of punishment he's taking, but it's just a tough, tough situation at the quarterback position. So let's go through these things. Well, I'll go back – I'll get back into that. Let's talk about uh, a lot of what we talked about on KTSU Sports Talk. And, boy, I got to tell you about KTSU Sports Talk on Saturday. Of course, we talked a lot about the Antonio Brown situation and the accusations. Should he play? Should he not play? I thought all along he should play based on the fact that, yeah, he could have been placed on the commissioner's exempt list, but you can sue anybody for any reason. Again, I can sue uh, Halle Berry for – uh, for sexual harassment. I, that suit won't get very far, but it'll make a headline. And it, it would be it would negatively impact her, and it has nothing to do with the truth at all. I mean, it couldn't be further from the truth. But here's the deal. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that the young lady's allegations aren't true. I, you, I think, like a lot of people, you are always leery when you go straight civil first and then seek some sort of, Criminal retribution and the timing is something that's, you know, sort of can be construed as suspect. But nonetheless, and you don't want to make light of those allegations and you don't want to make light of that entire situation. And then you open up the phone lines. And, of course, in the sports talk show, you get the fellas calling. And the fellas, I mean, you have a perspective. Not all because, you know, 
everybody thinks differently, but a lot of people don't seem to believe this young lady. Now, again, I don't know anything about Antonio Brown other than what I see on TV. And what I have seen on TV is not criminal behavior. It's diva behavior. It's him being a problem child behavior. That doesn't translate into being some sort of sexual predator or somebody who commits sexual assault. It has nothing to do uh, with that. What he, I mean, he's just a hard person to, to have in your workplace. And that's a lot different from the allegations uh, that are upon him. But now uh, all of these things come up and we get these crazy calls. And I have to clean this stuff up because I don't want some advocacy group coming after our show because some caller said something highly insensitive. And so you have to sort of monitor those things. But let me say this about Antonio Brown. I believed Antonio Brown just based on the text messages. Now I don't, I could, I, I, don't, I couldn't understand quite the context. I, I tried to read into it what I thought he meant, and the spelling was atrocious and embarrassing, and it was, yeah, it was not a good look. It was really, really not a good look. But when Antonio Brown took the time to cuss out the woman and her mother. Now that that's not the work of a guilty man. Now if you take the time out to cut you if you cuss her that's one thing. If you, you know, that's one thing to cuss her out. But if you cuss her and her mom out, you feel like okay, this dude this dude really didn't do this. I mean, it goes back almost to the Tyson deal where Tyson said, "No, I didn't rape her. I wish I would have." Whoa! Whoa, who says that? And it sounds like it's some, I mean, a sort of an innocent psycho, but nonetheless, a, a innocent psycho. I mean, but again, that, I'm not going to retry that case. And, and that, that was very controversial as well at the time. And, you know, you go back and look at the documentaries about Mike Tyson. He had, he didn't do himself any favors whatsoever in this entire case. But let me say this for a lot of people out here that are going after Antonio Brown, I'm going to say this. If you, now, now this comes out of nowhere and I don't even have a need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it just, it, this is what stood out to me. There are people who are gunning for Antonio Brown right now saying, oh, he didn't pay people. Uh, they, these allegations are, these are serious allegations and he should be thrown. He shouldn't be allowed to be in the NFL. Now, again, due process, a lot of these people are skipping right through due process. Now, let me say this. If you are going that hard in the paint on Antonio Brown and you voted for and still support Donald Trump, you are a hypocrite. I said it, or actually he said it, and if we haven't been clear before, I will repeat it more slower. Hypocrite. So essentially what I'm saying is there are people who are going to condemn him and want him banished from the NFL without due process based on these accusations. Now, again, if these accusations are true, just like if they're true in the White House, and he has a lot more allegations against him, these people should be removed from office or from the, the NFL. Either way, I think it, it, it goes without saying. It just struck me that so many people are so adamant about going after Antonio Brown. They're so much more concerned about cleaning up the NFL than they are about cleaning up the, the White House or the, the government, the entire country. Now, we can turn this into a whole political thing, but I, I don't. But just keep the same energy. If you feel this way about Antonio Brown, take it to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And again, I don't want to discredit any of the accusers on either side, on the Trump side or on, on the Kavanaugh side. You talk about the Supreme Court or on the Antonio Brown side. But it's just I, you hear the talking heads and they're oh, you. 
you want to hold him to a standard. And that's fine if you want to hold him to that standard. But don't hold him to that standard and, and just ignore everything that's going on in D.C. So that's what's on my mind as it pertains to that. Now, I, I've said this all the time. If you're out of jail that day, for me, you can play. Now, again, I've amended that. But as a general rule, if you're out of jail that day, because football is about violence and entertainment. So it's not about you have to protect the shield. The shield, the shield what? Really? What? Do you know what goes on behind that shield? So I don't want to hear that. So all I'm saying is don't keep, keep that same energy for 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue if you're going that hard on uh, Antonio Brown. That being said, if Antonio Brown uh, has done this, and again, the, the young lady was interviewed by the commissioner's office. And what tough thing about that is it's hard to listen to someone and look them in the face and be three, four, five feet away from them and listen to them tell their narrative of what happened in a particular situation and turn around and say to yourself, oh, she's lying. The NFL comes out and says, you know, if they come out and do not much, it looks like they just really, it was a formality and they just, uh, they're just dismissing this lady and essentially calling her a liar. Now it's cool when you do it for the Supreme court. It's cool for you when you do it for the white house, but the NFL, God forbid the NFL does it. And so again, I'm not condoning any adverse behavior towards women. Understand that if you did it, you gotta go. If you, if it's proven, you have to go. But all I'm saying is just the, the hypocrisy of it all, the hypocrisy of where we live and how we live and how who we hold to high standards and who we don't, it stood out to me. With that being said, he had a terrific day on the field. It was uh, it was good to see him on the field. He was on the field. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. I love watching him play on the field. Away from the playing field, I have a huge problem when, with him letting down his teammates. So, again, I know you want to get your money. You got your guaranteed money. But I have a huge problem when you don't show up on Sundays. And, and, and what he did last year in Pittsburgh really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You have a playoff berth on the line, and you didn't show up for your team. That's kind of when I, I took a turn. But to see him with Brady, if this thing works out, I mean, you can pencil him in and go to the Super Bowl. And it's unfortunate, and I hate it. Because Pittsburgh was a team that I thought would compete for the Super Bowl. I didn't think they'd get there. I could have the L.A. Chargers going. Um, but, again, I thought that they would get there. And now that's sort of out of the window. Anything can happen between now and then anyway. But I'm just saying, it's a, a tough, tough turn of events. So, that happened. So, the other thing that I really want to chime in on, and this is a totally unique thing because I don't know how it got to be this way. Well, I kind of do know. It, they sort of I, – I hear people go so hard at Eli Manning. Now, I have never been an overwhelming Eli fan. The best thing he's ever done for me is beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl, once dashing their undefeated season, and it just gave me a reprieve from all of the Patriots talk and all the obnoxious uh, sort of Patriots, Boston, New England fans. So in that whole region and all over the country, all those front runners, all of the people who know nothing about Russ Francis and Leon Gray and Steve Grogan and uh, let me think, who else? Who else? Sam uh, Sam. Cuttingham and Julius Adams. You don't know anything about these people, but you, you these huge lifelong Patriots fans. So when Eli beat them, it gave me and, and then you win the Super Bowl. But you, you beat the Patriots, but you win the Super Bowl twice. On in dramatic fashion both times. And so 
Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox, and a bunch of those guys have gone in on Eli consistently. And so in the past when I've taken up for Eli, just to sort of defend him from this sort of just the masses piling on Eli, it looks like, oh, I, Eli's my guy. And so it became a, the, the shtick on my show. Uh, on KTSU Sports Talk, that, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's your guy. Eli is your guy. Well, you know what? It, okay, if you want to get rid of Eli and you want to do away with Eli, that's fine. If you want to go to Daniel Jones, who you drafted, which you shouldn't have, you should have made the team around him better and then invest in the later rounds in a quarterback or wait another year and invest in a quarterback. But instead, you got rid of Odell Beckham. You made some more changes. And, and so let's look at this. And, and I'm not taking up for him, but I did. In the last podcast, I gave him some love for doing work and passing the, the football well. So let's look at this. In week one, Eli went 30 for 44 for 301 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. Okay, now the problem was... Dallas went down on five consecutive possessions and got touchdowns. So they were out of that game totally. Now, in week two, he went 26 for 45. He did have a costly fumble, and he had two interceptions and a touchdown pass. Okay, so he didn't look so great. But let's look at this. You get rid of Odell Beckham, one of the better receivers of this era. He won top five receiver in the league. Let's say that. Top, you get rid of him. Now, coming into this game this week, the three top receivers he was counting on, Sterling Shepard, he was out with concussion, on concussion protocol. You look at Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman out for the year torn ACL. The other receiver, Golden Tate. Golden Tate out on a four-game PD suspension. Now, out of the three guys that you had left, all three of those guys are gone and a top five receiver. So you are left with a, a really, really exceptional pass catching tight end and Evan Ingram, but not much else in the way of receivers. So let's let's talk about that. Of course, you have a uh, just a tremendous running back in the backfield, but your offensive line is still not very good. So while yeah, if you want to say we're on two, we're not going anywhere. You want to put the guy in, that's fine. But let's just not act like Eli was a bum. He didn't win a lot of games, but that organization let him down. Has he ever been the kind of guy that can carry a franchise? No, he's had to have uh, a great defense, some receivers who can make exceptional plays, and and really a lot of things go his way. I, so I won't deny that. But when he needed to step up, however he needed to do it, he did it. And so when it, when you guys are giving credit to champions, well, hey, man, no matter what you say, no matter who they played, uh, what was going on around them, they did it, they won. Well, you know what? Give him the same credit because when he needed to get it done, he got it done. So while I'm not just an Eli guy like that, I will say, hey, he's been beat up on disproportionately. But now we have the Daniel Jones era upon us. With that, let's see who last weekend was D-Nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Now this is where we honor not only who was nice, but the fellas who were D-Nice. And there were a few of them. You can start and end with the, the New England Patriots in many, many ways, and we'll get to them. But I think, number one, we have to start with Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, again, had a, I mean, just a stellar day. After really getting off to a slow start in the first quarter, they scored, the Kansas City Chiefs scored 28 points in the second quarter. Pat Mahomes had five consecutive plays of 30-plus yards or more. 
Wrap your head around that. Five consecutive plays with 30-plus yards per reception. So uh, he finished with three, uh, 30 for 44, 443 yards, four touchdowns. This dude was off the chain. And, and to add to that, on that team, for the second week in a row, he finds a receiver who is not sort of the go-to guy. With uh, Tyreek Hill injured, last week was Sammy Watkins, uh, and this week it was Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson had six catches for 172 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, both of those fellas were D-nice. Now you have to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. You know, and I'm, I will give credit what credit is due. Now, after Zeke held out and they was, you know, was saying, well, hey, the team under Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator, the team is trying to change some things up. So, uh, we, you know, we feel like with Amari Cooper, we can open up this offense and let Dak beat Dak. And Dak did just that. Dak, at completing 82% of his passes through two weeks, He's having an amazing run right now. Life is good. But the question is, that, and again, we'll talk to Jordan about this, is it the competition or is it him? We'll find out. He'll be tested. Now, Ezekiel Elliott had 23 carries for 111 yards and the one touchdown, but it was Dak Prescott. 26 of 30, 269 yards, three touchdowns and one INT. So, man, a big, big day for him. He continues to roll, and his confidence is sky high right now. And they are looking like they are as good as any team in the NFC. You might want to debate about a couple of teams that can compete with them. But right now, it's it's really the Cowboys that are looking as good as anybody in that conference. You can put the Rams in there, maybe Seattle with a couple of uh, difficult wins. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to see. But, you know, hey, good for the Cowboys. You have to give credit where credit is due. Lamar Jackson is another guy. Big time performance by Lamar Jackson. Again, he's setting records. He not only did he go 24 for 37 with two touchdowns, 272 yards, he rushed for 120 yards on 16 carries. So he did it on the ground and in the air. I mean, this was a college like performance, and we just don't see that on the pro level. Now, again, played against one of the worst teams probably in the last 20 years in the Miami Dolphins, a team that's clearly trying to throw things, uh, or throw throw things, throw games. Uh, look, put this, wrap this around your head. Miami, 0-2, they've scored 10 points and allowed 102 points. So they're minus 92 through two games. Now, New England dissected them, so there's that. But uh, again, you know, he, Lamar did it against them, and then against the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, not, you know, the cream of the crop, but, hey, they're NFL and big. Now, from a team standpoint, you have to talk about the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots look invincible. They have scored 76 points on the season and have allowed only three points. So that New England Patriots deep, I mean, they are stepping up big. They're not missing a beat right now. Even with all the adversity and the injuries on the offensive line, you bring in Antonio Brown. He comes in like he's been there and right off the bat gets going. So that team is looking good. But Ravens 2-0 on the season. And, of course, the D-Nice team, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are a surprising 2-0 and Green Bay two games up in that division. So those are the teams and the players that are D-Nice.
So with that, if you're going to talk about who was good and who was nice and who was de-nice, you have to talk about who's bad. Well, if you're going to talk about who's bad, you have to talk about the Miami Dolphins. I mean, from top to bottom, from east to west, they are a horrible, horrible football team. They don't want to win, but they have mortgaged the present for the future. And now they have, after today's trade of Minka Fitzpatrick uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers, they now have three first-round draft picks in the 2020 draft, and they have the Texans' uh, 2021 first-round draft pick. So they are sitting pretty for the future. But for today, they need to give those fans some money back. What they need to do, back in the day, you used to bring a, a Coke can to the Rockets game and get in for $5. They need to do that in Miami. You, you bring something to Bring diapers or bring a canned good and get in the game for $5 because to charge those folks full price for that product is horrible and it's not right. And so hey, they are really, really bad. In addition to that, you know, Kirk Cousins, he's supposed to be the guy. But in two games, uh, well, look, look, in the first game, he went 8 of 10 for 98 yards. Well, this time he went 14 of 32. He had 230 yards. But he had two interceptions and one touchdown. So, I mean, he just – that team is really, really struggling because really a guy that, who's D-nice is Dalvin Cook, and he's been carrying that team. But Minnesota is losing these games, and I just don't know what's wrong with Minnesota right now. But it's very, very disappointing. And, again, they have to right the ship and do it rather quickly because, again, they are almost out of the running – for that NFC North, you can't lose two or three. You can't go down two or three more games. You just can't. So, again, they'll have to fight back. And Kirk Cousins is going to have to give them something more than uh, 8 of 10 passing and then 14 of 32, especially when you have a guy supporting you in the backfield. Think about this. You have Thielen and Diggs who put up huge numbers, and these guys are disappearing. And Kyle Rudolph at tight end, and you have Dalvin Cook. So, I, you know, they – broke it they bought it and Kirk Cousins the Redskins were trying to tell you guys hey go year to year with him but they gave him a long-term deal now they'll have to write the ship with him because he's locked in for a while now if you want to talk about also who's bad we talked about Cam Newton just has not been performing well when he looks bad he looks really really bad and it just you know he didn't look healthy and so now we know that with the foot injury that's the reason why he's bad uh, and maybe if he can get some weeks off and bounce back, there's no timetable for his return. He may even play Sunday, but there's no clear timetable for his return. The other thing that's bad and the biggest thing that's bad is the officiating. If you look at some of the calls around the NFL, I thought the Denver Broncos got robbed on the Bradley Chubb sack that was called roughing the passer. I am not convinced that the kick to win the game should have even taken place. The clock went to triple zeros but still the officials gave them one second on the clock and of course Chicago uh, converted the field goal and won that game in dramatic fashion but all of the pass interference things they're gonna have to work that out I mean they're doing these reviews and they call them pick plays they're gonna have to streamline that because it's doing more damage than good right now and what they did to New Orleans in Los Angeles where they blew a plate dead in which they were on the way to the end zone. It was Cameron Jordan running the ball back uh, and after a fumble recovery into the end zone. Not to say that made an ultimate difference in the game, but it 
would have changed how that game was played after that. And they blew it dead. And again, the New Orleans Saints get the short end of the stick. So those are who's bad. With that, we're going to take a timeout, come back in the second half with a conversation with Biscuit, and we will have the Lamont Award in addition to that before I let go. Coming up now, a word from our sponsor and from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. This is Briefcast 37 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, but most importantly, KTSURadio.com and wadeswordproductions.com. Remember that, wadeswordproductions.com. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. some brand new sponsors in very soon and again if you are interested in doing so hit me up devin at wadeswordproductions.com but biscuit is in the building how are you well i'm good i mean i'm not actually in the building but i'm here and i'm ready well you're in this mythical building that we have created so let me start with this a ton of quarterbacks going down. Uh, what do you think? Let's go over the first couple of weeks uh, of the NFL season. What are your thoughts on what you've seen so far? Well, I mean, it's been a great couple of weeks. Uh, we had some, some, I mean, like you stated, the, the starting quarterbacks for the Saints. I wish he would have, if he was going to get hurt, I wish Drew Brees would have got hurt in week one, not in week two. But Brian Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh, is going to be in a lot of trouble here 0-2. They're going to be without Ben Roethlisberger and then on Monday night. Uh, we see, you know, Sam Donald has mono, so he didn't play. Then Trevor Simeon gets hurt, and the, the backup behind him gets hurt, and it was just a, a crazy game. Well, uh, the Texans, one and one on the season. I know you are a Texans fan. I'm a Kenny Steele's fan. <laughs> but, but he took a knee, and he's rocking my number 12. He wear, He's wearing the same number I wore in high school. So, yeah, I'm a Kenny Steele's fan. He's still, he's still keeping it real. He's holding it down for the cause. But on the field, what are your thoughts on the Houston Texans? Well, I mean, they, they should have won against the Saints. They should have lost against the Jaguars. Uh, you, don't, you don't go for two away, you know, and you're on the road. 
Uh, you, you go for the tie. You play for overtime. That's just what you do. Well, um, I, I think you go. I think you go for it on the road. However, that defense had played so well. But then you know they had that upheaval on that sideline. I don't know. Was that after the two point conversion, or when, when was that exactly? No, no, that was before. That was a disputed catch. They they wanted Jalen Ramsey wanted to dispute a catch by DeAndre Hopkins before the half uh, that led to a field goal. Jalen Ramsey said he didn't catch the ball. They didn't challenge it. Texas ran up, ran the play, ended up getting a field goal before the end of the half. So Jalen Ramsey was upset about that because he was right there on the play. He was telling the coach to challenge it. The coach didn't challenge it. And then they got into a heated argument, and now he wants to be traded. So that's Yeah, and that's that. a big, big deal. If I'm if I'm Jacksonville, I would fire Marone and keep Jalen Ramsey. And, and, you know, what, what struck me about that is DJ Hayden and another – Jaguar player really came and kind of told Marone to move around, that he needed to pay attention to what's going on on the field. But these sorts of things happen on NFL sidelines. But what does concern me, and let me say, just to clarify, if I'm Jacksonville, you do take that chance on the road, but I would not have put the ball in the hands of Leonard Fournette. Instead, I would have kept it in the hot hands of uh, uh, say his name. Minshew. Minshew. I, I knew I was going to mess it up. I call, <laughs> I've been calling his name for three days, and I meant the first time I had to do it for the podcast, Minshew. Anyway, Minshew, I would have kept it in his hands. He was the hot man. He was able to buy time and move around outside of the pocket on that drive. Now, the rest of the game, they looked horrible. But you're going to run it from three yards out? And come on, I, I didn't think that that was a very good idea. Lack of respect for uh, the Texans' run defense. But still, you know, I didn't think – I think it was a good decision but a bad play call. No, I think when you – especially when you're on the road, you're facing a hostile environment, your team has the momentum, you go, you try to score. You can even – even if you can go and uh, do the onside kick to try to get it if you're going to do that. I mean, you still have the tie game in your back pocket. So you still have another opportunity to win the game. Your defense had been shutting the Texans down. They hadn't done nothing on the last – on the consecutive drives. So – you had a chance. You, you you had a chance in that game. You, you win the coin toss. You know, no telling what happens. But if you right there, right there, that right then and right there at that moment, if you don't get that two point conversion, the game is over. There's nothing you can do, pretty much. You know, you want to say you will be aggressive and play for the win and all those things. But again, you're, you're not at home. If you're at home, I applaud that because you you want to be aggressive. You got the home fans. You can silence them. Uh, you can get the, get into the right play. You don't do that on the road. You, now you I, I totally for- disagree, though. I mean, we we, we can agree to disagree and move forward on this but i disagree because again on the road you you do have everything against you let's get out of here with the victory we, we see that in the nba we see teams that'll take the three-pointer to end the game as opposed to the two for uh, taking a two for the tie but again we, let's let's move past that with, with that particular decision although that's the second year in a row a crucial decision cost the team in the division a game if you remember frank wright did this dumb thing where he went for it on fourth down and they failed and the Texans won that game. Now, uh, again, in a close, uh, really divisional game, you have to win that if you're Jacksonville. And they blew that opportunity. But the bigger issue is Deshaun Watson getting hit. For the eighth consecutive game, he's been sacked at least four times. I mean, what do you do about that? How do you protect this guy? We see quarterbacks falling out left and right. How do you protect him? Well, I'm, most of it falls directly on the shoulders of Deshaun Watson. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but when when it comes, especially the Saints game, he was sacked six times. A lot of that, the Saints were showing blitz, and he just didn't pick it up. I mean, he didn't either pick it up, or he didn't go through the the quick hits and the, and the quick routes and the hot reads. 
He didn't he didn't hit his hot read. He didn't go for the the six or a five yard play. He wanted to hold the ball and go for for the deep play. And, and and as long as he continues to do that, he's going to continue to get hit. Yes, you have some kind of issues with communication on the offensive line. You got a lot of new guys uh, working together. Laramie Tunsil was in. You know, it was only his second game. Uh, yeah, but see, I heard that excuse too. First, first game. No, but I mean it's not an excuse. I mean he's not making the adjustments when the team's blitzing. He's not getting rid of the ball quick enough. That's just the issue. He thinks he can you know, run around and escape and, and maybe go for the big play. And and you want that aggressiveness, but but he, like all young players in the NFL, all young quarterbacks have to go through this young learning process that you, when teams blitz, you take what they give you. Or you're going to pay for it. Well, and, and I want to get to the Larry Tunsil thing because people are like, oh, well, this just is, you know, he, his second game with the Texans. Hey, man, if you have an edge rush at a block, that's just who you're blocking. There's not, you don't have to worry about an inside, inside zone read. Look, if that's your guy, that's your guy. And if you don't get it done, you just don't get it done. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's a whole simplification because teams, they, they stunt, they blitz. They'll they'll bring the defensive end inside. They'll bring the tackle outside, and then they'll run a linebacker on the out of the outside. So I mean, it's but the a stuff lot I saw it, weren't stunts. It was just the edge rush getting back, getting past him, especially in in New Orleans. But you know, but go like ahead. I said, the ones, the ones I saw, he would double down on the, on the tackle, and and the, the tackle would would uh, loop around the defensive end, and that's how they got the sack. Ooh, but, you I mean, are a Texans fan. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm objective. I'm a fan, but I'm objective. <laughs> like I said, they should have They should have won the first game. They should have lost the second game. So, one and one, we'll take it at this point. Uh, yeah, you'll have to it, do just that as you move forward. But let's talk about the team uh, up uh, I-45, the Cowboys. Is it – and I'm going to ask you about two players, but I want to ask you about the Cowboys first. Are we? Are we not? We because I don't. I cannot stand the Cowboys. Are the Cowboy fans? Is the national public sort of overzealous, considering they beat two teams that they really were supposed to beat? I think so. Uh, I think everybody looks for American team to be back, and and there's all this drama. You know, Zeke who, and then he signs this big contract, and everybody, everything is hunky dory, and everybody's all happy and. You know, Dak came out in the first week. Oh, well, I don't know about Dak. And then he comes out the second week, has a really good game. So, uh, you know, it's just it's just, it's just, up and down. It's Dallas. You know, it is what it is. They they play two middle-of-the-road or, or, or below-the-road teams. So, you play who's in front of you, and, and they've won both their games. So, you got to applaud them for that. But, I mean, I'm not too impressed. What about Lamar Jackson, another guy who has uh, it really just done work, but, again – is it the opponent or is it him? I, I think that's remain to be seen. I mean, you, know, you can't really count what he did against Miami because anybody can put up 52 points against Miami. I mean, at this point, I mean, the, the, the Patriots blew him out 43-0, to zero, but they they took their foot off the gas. So, uh, I mean, you know, you, you, that that one you can't really count, but it is really impressive. You know, he, he did have a good week this week, uh, another 300-yard passing game. So, uh, we'll we'll see we'll see a couple more games in before I want to get super excited about Lamar Jackson. Uh, two more things and then we'll we'll let you get out of here. Antonio Brown on the field and off the field. Obviously, man, on the field, this dude is the truth. I mean, he he's to me again. He I would have at his peak, right? I would take him over any receiver in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr. I take him over any of them. If he's on the field and he's 100% healthy, he can just ball out. That dude is just incredible. What do you think? Should he have played? And if if he continues to play, uh, what does that mean for the Patriots? 
you know, I don't know how you legislate bad people. You know what I mean? This dude was just a bad person. Well, you know I mean? that's, like, that's he's a look, look, okay, look. I mean, if you look at all these things, all these people saying, "Hey, you know, we gave him these services; he didn't pay for them." Uh, you know, this is this is not nothing new. I mean, this is repeated story after story after story. So, I mean, some of this is true. Now, the sexual assault things, I mean, we'll see. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to want to get into that part of it, but I mean, he just seems like a bad person. I mean, his attitude with 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 the Raiders was bad. He lost his endorsement deal with his helmet that he fought for. I mean, he's just not is a he, good guy. Is he a diva? Is he? Uh, I mean, the diva and bad person are two different things. Right. He's a diva. Right. He's a diva. No, no, no. He's a bad person. He's just not an honorable person. And and we meet trashy people all the time. He's just a trashy nah, person. he's trash. Come on, man. See, this is what I'm talking. Look, okay, but and and then okay, uh, on, oh, we'll say on, that. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this: Have you ever have you ever known somebody who, who who would take advantage of people and take stuff and not pay for it just because of who they are and, and the position they hold? Well, I don't know. That's a difficult question to answer. <laughs> I have to really saying, think look, about that question. Look, I'm not saying that he's the worst person ever. I'm not saying that he deserves to be locked up. I'm not saying that he, you know, that I, I, I wouldn't want my kids around him or whatever. It's just, Would you it's just want not- him to be the president of the United States? Because he sounds a lot like that guy at 1600 oh. Pennsylvania Avenue. So look, that, that, that doesn't just look just because you're the president don't make you a good person. You know what I mean? It, it's just some people. So I, I yeah, I just went off on all of that a little bit earlier in this podcast. I went off on the fact that there are a lot of people bringing the energy and bringing the drama for Antonio Brown. They they bringing the the, the lynch mob is out for Antonio Brown, but uh, there are a lot of those same folks who who get mighty quiet when you you go to DC. Right. Well, I mean, again, I didn't have a problem with him playing in the game because, I mean, his issue is a civil issue. And I mean, I know it's a controversial kind of issue, but it's still a civil issue. It's not a legal. I mean, it's not a criminal. It's not in the criminal court. It's not a, a, a criminal case. So this is along the lines of if you had a dispute, I mean, as far as legally, is if you had a dispute with, you know, a landlord or, or something like that. This is just a, a, a civil suit. So this is, a, you know, a problem between two individuals. I know it's, it's heightened when you add the sexual element to it. But again, at this point, it's still, you know, what he says and what she says until the court decides. I mean, we really can't, we really can't judge it. So, I mean, as far as that, the, the NFL was really put into a bind as far as, you know, you had Robert Kraft facing these sexual allegations right, sexual right. trafficking charges and, and nothing happened to him uh and the you know the charges got thrown out for whatever reason mainly because he's wealthy um so i mean i didn't necessarily have a problem with him playing in that game but because again this is a civil suit not a criminal suit so i think the the distinction there is very important but i mean not to say that what he did or what you know what he's alleged to have done wasn't criminal but again let the court decide that so i didn't have a problem with him playing in the game Again, I, I would have a problem with him as a person, probably, and with him being on my team, to a to a d- degree. But I mean, you know, if you can if you can manage it, then like you said, he's a he's a great talent on the field. But just trying to get him to the field is the problem. Now I got a new segment called D Nice. Who was D Nice over the weekend, in your opinion? Who who stands out for you? Um, over the weekend, I mean, you got to look at what Dak Prescott did. Uh, he, he performed well. Lamar Jackson played well again. That, those are the only two guys that are coming to mind that really had, you know, really great games. What about college? I know you 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 watch a little bit more college than I'm able to. Any anything on the college landscape that you've seen that stood out? That stand, I mean, other than I mean, obviously Jalen Hurts, 
and looks like he's headed for a third consecutive Heisman Trophy for Oklahoma at this point. Uh, yeah, he's playing really, really well. Uh, he's running the ball. He's throwing the ball well. I think he's really flourishing in that that Lincoln Riley offense. Um, and it really, I'm really surprised as far as how much he's able to to throw the ball. But again, you have to also see who who Oklahoma's played. They haven't played any real great defenses, so um, you got to measure that. You got to temper that. A, a little bit. Nor will they play in the Big 12. There's not very many good defense <laughs> in the Big 12. Well, like I said, maybe we'll hook up Thursday. We're doing two podcasts a week because it's NFL season and we can't get everything in in one episode. And, of course, we can look ahead to uh, to who you would want to have a nice day. That's a segment we have coming up on Thursday. Maybe you can chime in on that. Maybe you can give us a call and we can get a few minutes with you on that one. How about that? That sounds good. But one more thing, let me touch on one more thing on the college aspect. I mean, I saw a couple guys and uh, a couple games get get thrown out of the game for, for targeting. I've I seen some really horrible penalties called, especially in the Kentucky-Florida game. I mean, I know they're trying to protect these kids, but my goodness, it's getting horrible. You sent me a, a, a Twitter feed of uh, the Chicago, the uh, the uh, Broncos versus the 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 Browns uh, sack on, on on that game that was really bad. Yes, um, indeed. Oh, that was horrible. Right, and it's going around. It's 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 going. It's it's in college. It's it's in the NFL. It's it's going to get bad, and and I, I just hate to see it. I, I again, I like the the intent of it, but especially in college, if you get one personal foul penalty, they 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 throw you out the game. And I just think I just think that's way too uh, punitive. Uh, in the game right now. Yeah, and that's uh, unfortunately uh, that's where we're headed, and we'll we'll talk more about that. I want to talk about uh, the uh, California State bill at some point, and Tim Tebow going off with his for a, the noble cause, which is the virtue of the NCAA and college football. So, which which is a joke within within itself. But we'll get into that and some other things. Uh, maybe Thursday, maybe we'll get in studio together at some point. But I certainly appreciate you hanging out. And, uh, again, accept those fantasy trades that I've been sending you. No, sir. No, sir. No, none of those weak trades. You're trying to exploit me, and uh, I won't. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, we certainly appreciate you, man. Take care. All right, man. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Biscuit. Now it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. This is where we recognize somebody for doing something stupid or not smart or not uh, in these terms. I mean, it's a really soft sort of put down. It's not, I'm not going hard in the paint on these guys. Well, I do on other segments, but not on this one. And of course, it goes to the big dummy of the week. This time, it's uh, going out to a guy who has the world in his hand. This guy is Los Angeles Laker forward, LeBron James. Great, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, you can debate where. And he's a brilliant, brilliant businessman. He's done so many wonderful things. He's really restructured how the NBA does his business. He's, uh, I mean, just an entrepreneur off the court. He's uh, uh, just a brilliant guy in uh, negotiating great deals to position 
himself perfectly. And being that kind of guy, you have to have vision and you have to see things that others don't see. And you have to see things that are right there in your face, but others just can't uh, sort of capitalize on. Well, he tried to capitalize on something and it's a phrase. Now, how long and where have you where were you when you first heard the term Taco Tuesday? Now, Taco Tuesdays has been around for a couple of years at least. And, and I know that some of the Mexican restaurants offer, like, drink and taco specials on Taco Tuesdays. Well, it's been going on for a couple of years. Well, for a couple of months, LeBron James on Tuesdays, has been, he's been posting these wonderful family videos where he announces to his family that it is, and I won't emulate it, it's Taco Tuesdays. And they're wonderful videos, usually around a table somewhere where they're all eating or preparing to eat, and he hits them with, it's Taco Tuesday. Well, and that's great. It's wonderful. You know, family man, it's a good look. I like it. Everybody liked it. Well, LeBron saw an opportunity. He said to himself, you know what? Let me trademark the phrase Taco Tuesday. Yeah, he, he he thought that that was a move. Taco Tuesday that preceded him by years, uh, he sort of wanted to take that on for himself and maybe make a profit off of it. I don't, I mean, I don't know how he would have made that work, but I'm sure he had plans. Well, if we can trademark Taco Tuesdays, maybe we can uh, open a Taco Tuesday taco bar or taco restaurant or whatever, whatever his plan was. It didn't work because the United States Patent Office, Patent and Trademark Office, denied his uh, request to uh, trademark Taco Tuesday. I thought it was ridiculous for him to do that. The whole world knew what Taco Tuesday was. That's how he learned about Taco Tuesday. It wasn't like, oh, I just woke up and I, you know what? Tacos on Tuesday. That goes together. No, that was a thing before you tried to make it a thing. And you know what? For that reason, LeBron, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, if you want to be original, see, I heard about Taco Tuesdays a couple years ago. And you know what? Instead of indulge, when I well, I guess I did indulge in some uh, some Taco Tuesdays. I'm in H Town, by the way, one of the greatest cities in America, certainly uh, for all sorts of cuisine, and not not the least of which is uh, Mexican cuisine, and Tex-Mex, and you know Mexican traditional Mexican. We have been doing Taco Tuesdays for a minute. But here's the difference. Instead of just doing Taco Tuesdays, I came up with my own thing. And I want you to buy into it because I'm getting T-shirts made. And I very well may try to trademark this because I've not heard this anywhere. It's Brussels Sprout Wednesday. Now, with me not eating meat for a while, and I've been doing Brussels sprouts for a minute on Wednesdays. But not just on Wednesdays, but I made it a thing. Brussels sprout Wednesdays, and I prepare them different ways, sometimes with bacon, sometimes with balsamic and honey, uh, like a sort of, you know, dressing or whatever. I'm telling you, man, I hated Brussels sprouts growing up. I hated cabbage growing up. I didn't like any of that. But now I do. I enjoy it, and now it's a thing. I'm grown. I have to watch uh, my health and all of you all do too we're smart about how what we eat and how we eat and what we do and when we know better sometimes we do better and you can start doing it each and every wednesday with 
Brussels sprout Wednesdays. Now, I said it first. I'm actually having my lawyer look into it right now. I'm going to trademark that. But in the meantime, I may have some T-shirts available for you guys to get online and uh, at the Wageworth Productions website. So uh, you, too, can enjoy Brussels sprout Wednesdays with Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So with that. Before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, hey, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Want to remind you, please go online and subscribe to the uh, the newsletter, the email uh, update that I offer. Uh, go to wagewordproductions.com and of course, please call. Call for any reason. We want to sort of make that a thing. 832-941-6614 and leave a message. Give me your feedback. Tell me what you think of what Biscuit said, what I said, what we think, what you think, who's D-nice, who was bad, 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 who was all of those things. We want your feedback. And again, want to thank our guy DJ Anarchy. And of course, you can go to KTSUradio.com and check us out. We have another podcast coming up Thursday. So a busy week for us. Hope to hear from you on, or hope you hear from me on Thursday. And of course, Saturday morning on KTSU Sports Talk. But as always, have a great day.
Yeah. 